Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. You don't have another appointment. You had nowhere to be but here with us on Sports Daily. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday. Always jam-packed on a Friday here. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers producing for us. Glad to be here with you. Thanks for tuning in here on KFH. Thanks for tuning in on our video streams, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You can find those. You can also get in touch with us on social media, Twitter, X. You'll, uh, we're easy to find on there. We can get to comments there. However you want to interact with the show, of course, our favorite way is right on that IHOP hotline, which is brought to you by IHOP. Try the new slow-braised beef pot roast or a savory country fried steak and give it a call, 869-1240. We'll have some giveaways coming up. We've got some picks to make. We'll get you caught up on where we stand in our pick, sure to fail. Uh, this year so far. Again, we we take the most difficult games we can find to pick, not the ones we're necessarily betting, so that adds to the challenge of it. Uh, we'll have Paul Savage in in the second hour to make those picks with us. We have Matt Henderson coming up the second hour to talk a little high school football as well. Get you ready for a busy night tonight, quite frankly, with K-State and a busy weekend with KU and the Chiefs. Tommy, how are you? Uh, I'm good this morning, so uh, if you're watching the video stream... I was just handed, uh, so have you ever heard of Manscaped before? So it, I'm not doing a plug here. This is just, it's a company. No, I mean, Manscaped, I know what Manscaping yeah. is. So so they're, well, it's a company called Manscaped, and, and they're, a, okay. they're a sponsor of the Wichita Thunder, and they sent us um, a bunch of these grooming kits, and so I was just handed one, and I'm, I, it makes me think that I, you know, maybe they're trying to tell me something that I, I could use it for whatever reason. Well. I need it. Now, manscaping gets into an area that, you know, would make some listeners blush here if I understand manscaping yeah. correctly. Probably not suitable for air to talk about exactly what that means. But literally seconds ago, I was just handed this uh, essential. It's a four piece essential grooming kit. Huh. And it, it makes me it makes me think they're trying to tell me that I, I could probably use it. Boy, I'm having a really hard time right now containing myself furthering this conversation. <laughs> uh because I'd, it's a Friday and nobody needs, you know, 
nobody needs an angry phone call here on a Friday. So we'll <laughs> uh, we'll move on from that. It literally we'll just on. happened seconds ago. That's why I just I brought it up. But yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. Uh, look, we had Thursday night football that I, I told you would be entertaining. I thought that was I, I didn't catch until probably halfway through the third quarter. We had a third yep. grade music concert going last night. We, you know, we went for some ice cream afterward. We, you know, all kinds of good stuff. And then, and then we, uh, and then we got the game turned on. But uh, my dumb head traded DJ Moore in one of my fantasy football leagues yeah. last week. Uh, we'll regret that. I'm certain of it. But look. They bucked the trend. It looked to me like I told you my favorite thing about it was the over that hit because I and and I lose bets all the time. But this one felt really good because I thought and have thought for about the last. Well, certainly last week, the Bears offense seems to be finding form. And it's not like we haven't seen this before. This is what happened with them last year. Right. It took a few games. They put Justin Fields in a position where he was not comfortable and then after a few embarrassing weeks, they turned him loose a little bit, and he looks like a totally different player. And oh, by the way, he has one of the more talented receivers in football. DJ Moore's never had a great quarterback to play with, but that dude's a baller. Love DJ Moore, always have. And just remember back to the trade that they made. And it makes me wonder, Tommy, immediately, right? Okay, so... The Bears get all of these assets in trading away, basically, the ability to draft Bryce Young. Now, they could have taken one of the other quarterbacks, right? But they got the ninth overall pick, a second-round pick last year, a first-round pick this coming year, a second-round pick next year, and DJ Moore. Um, Okay, that's a big haul, especially when we see Bryce Young struggling. I mean, right now, Tommy, and this is a— This is a really difficult question, but we'll ask it just for the sake of this. Would you rather have Justin Fields or Bryce Young? I I Um, mean, I don't think that's a slam dunk to Bryce Young at all. No, I don't. I don't think it is either. Um, That makes it difficult. I mean, and I think why you can't answer that right now is because the jury is still out on Bryce Young. I mean, absolutely, it's it's such a small sample size, and he's been injured and all of that. You know, so I'm not sure that that would be a a fair comparison to make at this. It's not. The one thing I want to point out, though. And look, I don't want to take anything away from the Bears. It's been a long time since they've won a game. Good for them. They looked incredible. But can we pump the brakes a little bit here? Like, they played a terrible Broncos defense a week ago. They oh, put totally. points but lost the game. And they played a terrible Washington defense last night. You know, so they, they played really, really poor defenses the last two weeks. Of course, Justin Fields is going to look amazing, but go back before they played the Broncos and before they played the Commanders and look at the stats that Justin Fields had. In fairness to your argument, because I agree, those first three weeks they played three good to really good defenses, right? And so what we're seeing to me is Justin Fields is a quarterback that has struggled against good defenses and eats up bad defenses. Okay. I don't I mean yeah. that's not uncommon for a young player. So we look you what's interesting is I don't know that they made the they, they got a lot in this trade. And DJ Moore is an absolute stud. So I, I think we're gonna look at this and say, yeah, the Bears won that trade. If you think about it as Bryce Young. I I don't know if we'll think that when you see how well 
C.J. Stroud's played especially, and you know, right. to some degree, Anthony Richardson. So it's a little bit hard because they could have had. Remember, they they were the one pick, so they could have had any of those guys. And we're not saying they may not have wanted Bryce Young, but they decided to stick with Fields. So now they're going to have a decision potentially again, like if they maintain. Now they won last night, and I don't know if they're going to end up being the worst team in football. By the way, but you know, let's say they had the worst record. And Justin Fields continues to show flashes like this. You, If you got that much last year, imagine how much you could get for that first pick when it's Caleb Williams. Now, that all comes down to the question of do you trade? Or, or I guess the other side of it, too, is you could also trade Justin Fields. Right. And then so, draft Caleb Williams yourself. Yeah. So they could potentially be in a really good situation. Again, I don't know if I think they're going to be, by the end of it, the worst team in football. I think we don't know that who that's going to be yet well but remember they have both the first and the second pick right coming up this year isn't that the case I mean don't they have I think they have both number one and number two in that trade with the Panthers they got they got a first this year so they'd have the Panthers and theirs yeah so if the Panthers are really bad if let's say the Panthers are that team sure and so they're in a pretty good position and so you have to ask yourself is Justin Fields the future I don't know the answer to that. He does not he has not looked good as a traditional pocket passer, right? And even last night, Tommy only had 15 completions, right? And he and he was at about 50%, which is not good at all. But he's got some playmakers now, and he ran for 57 more yards, and they have a pretty good running game. Uh, Khalil Herbert looked good now for a second straight week. And, and I know that Roshan Johnson got hurt, but I, I think Roshan Johnson's going to be pretty good. The Bears are really interesting. And this is why I was interested in this game last night. And the other part of it is Sam Howell, who was under fire, who I did think looked pretty good. I, I like, I kind of like Sam Howell. He looks like he's got some staying power. I That, that game script got away from them. Washington doesn't want to play games that way. Like they want to be able to run the ball and, and do that, but but they got behind too far early. So, I, you know, I, I liked the game last night because we got two young quarterbacks to watch. And, you know, I, I don't think uh, people were ready to put dirt on Justin Fields' career. I think that was crazy. I don't think he looks like a great passer either, by the way. Like, don't get me wrong. But he has something, right? Like, he can, can he get just a little bit better as a passer to utilize all these other skills? Josh Allen, for instance, became a better passer in the NFL over time, right? And he that doesn't happen very often, but it happened for him. So, like, why why not if you're the Bears? Like, I, I guess it's just not as doom and gloom as people think. They're in a pretty good situation, Tommy, no matter what happens. If Fields plays well and continues to, they've got two high draft picks to continue to motivate, and they can trade one of those and get even more assets. Like, they're in a good position to build up. The question becomes, of course, is he the long-term quarterback? But I don't think through four weeks we know the answer to that. I don't think through now two seasons in four weeks we know the answer to that question. I don't think we do either, and I don't think that you can take what happened last night and the week before and combine them and make that your total final assessment of Justin Fields. Sure you can't. In the but same just like way you, that can't you can't take, take the first three. The first yeah. three weeks, you can't do that either. So again, I think the jury is still out. And knowing that, and because of that, Today, as I sit here after the game last night, I don't, in my mind, I'm not even really thinking about the Bears and what, what's happening with them moving forward because, I, again, I think the jury is still out and I don't think that we can make that decision right now. 
and make that assessment. I think it's more about the commanders and more about how bad they looked last night and how I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Ron Rivera is the right choice long term for this franchise. I don't know. I mean, there were it was not good last night. And you know what? Honestly, like I thought coming into this season and really even through the first couple of weeks, I thought, okay, like, you know, they're probably well, they're definitely not as good as the Eagles. They're probably not as good as the the Cowboys in that division. I just kind of thought, you know what, like they might be a step behind but they're they're growing, you know. They're they're in. They're getting there with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator. That's going to help Sam Howell. I think if given the right tools, can develop and be a fine quarterback. Like I, I really I thought all those things, and I'm not saying that all that's gone and out the window today after last night. But it certainly wasn't a good look at home for them. I mean, it was what 27 to three at halftime, and you know Game yeah they mounted a little bit them. of a comeback. Yeah, but man, that that's just not it's not a good way. You know, obviously to play in front of your home fans that way. But this is a it, they played a Bears team that hadn't won in what like almost a year. It had been such a long time, and then they just go in and get smacked in the mouth by the Bears. Yeah, I, Washington's they just took Philly to overtime too. By the way, in Philadelphia, so they're very Jekyll and Hyde too. I I do like Ron Rivera. They've never had a a good quarterback since he's been there. And, you know, they've had good teams despite it. So I think the defense is clearly taking a step back for them. But they've got, you know, decent weapons for Sam Howell to work with. They're going to be a confusing team all year. Do you think think that's fair that after the game last night, like it's it's less about the Bears and and what they're what they're going to do moving forward at quarterback and more about just the collapse of the commanders? Because that's that's my Um, that's my take on it. It may be. Again, like Ron Rivera right now in Washington has been 24-30-1. Um, I, I mean, they, they, he doesn't have a winning season there. So this could vary. I mean, four years and you don't get a winning season in the NFL. I mean, he, he's got a track record, so he gets a little more leash from his time in Carolina. But, yeah, I mean, I suppose I could see it, but he's also never had a quarterback. And in this league, you kind of have to have one. And so we'll see. I don't know what to think of them. Their defense isn't as good as it needs to be. Uh, but, you know, they're going to be Jekyll and Hyde. They're going to beat some people, and they're going to make betters probably really frustrated just like they did last night because I think that you could get a good version of them or a bad version of them any week. But let's talk about them for a second here, and this is where we bring things back to, like, the interest of fans around here. Who's doing a better job as an offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy? <laughs> well, I think before last night, I might have said Eric Bieniemy. I'm not sure that that's, really. I think it's I think it's narrowed a little bit. Um, Washington's offense has been good. They've been really good. I know. But they look at the development of the young quarterback. They weren't great last night. That's why I'm saying before last night, I would have easily said Eric Bieniemy. It didn't I, look great. I, other last than night. the other than the play of their offensive line, that performance by Sam Howell was pretty good to me. They they couldn't. You got to remember, too, like they immediately became a one dimensional offense last night. That's not Eric Bienemy's fault. Like he's what's he supposed to do? Like when you get down 27 to nothing, just like that, you got to just throw the ball around. And that allows what we saw happen to happen. Your quarterback gets sacked. What was it like nine times or whatever? Like that's but as far as like. I, I, I just think he's done a really good job there. I think we need to begin to question Matt Nagy the same way we would have Eric Bieniemy. I mean, the Chiefs offense has struggled to its own standard. There's no question about it. I mean, there's no there's is that been a Matt Nagy no problem? Deve- is that a Matt Nagy problem or is that the, the talent on the field problem? I, 
look, if it okay, let's let me ask you this way: If Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator, do you think he'd be taking a little blame right now? There's no question he would. With the wide receivers they have, I'm not yes. sure that he would at that at the level that he's had in the past. We spent Eric we Bien-Aimé. spent four years wondering if it was Eric Bieniemy's problem or Andy Reid's problem, and how much does he? And we've got the infighting and all these things. But they had they had you know guys like Tyreek Hill on the roster when that was going on with Eric Bieniemy also. Like I'm not but sure those that... offenses were scoring thirty points a game too. I I just like remember last year when we had a bunch of questions at wide receiver and think about this year and the group this year is more talented than the group last year was. I think we could all relatively agree on, but it's not coming together. I, I, I'm not trying to say that, Oh, everything is Matt Nagy's fault. I'm not saying that's not where I intended to go with this, but as much as Eric B has dealt with, with all of this, not getting hired, all of this, he's in Washington and he's got a young quarterback playing pretty dang good. And he's got an offense there humming pretty well, too. And the Chiefs, I think we can absolutely all agree on, have underachieved this year offensively. Who's to blame for that? I don't know. But I do know that Eric Bieniemy's not there anymore. They're struggling offensively. Eric Bieniemy goes to an offense that we all thought would be terrible. And it's not terrible with a young quarterback we knew nothing about. This is a conversation that's intended to like way to go, Eric Bieniemy. Like, I what did we say? Like, if he was able to go to Washington and do this, we said he'd get hired immediately. Hire that man. Like, he's going to get a job for sure, Tommy. He's done a great job with Sam Howell. A great job. Look at Washington's offense now with the same skill players that they had a year ago, right? And really, for the last two or three years, they've had some consistency, and they're better. And Sam Howell's got a lot to do with that, but. Here's the coach putting a young quarterback in a position to succeed. Like, let's say the Bears make a change at coach. Why wouldn't you go hire Eric Bieniemy after what you're seeing again now in the second place? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't have an issue with Eric Bieniemy, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy that, you know, he was able to get another opportunity to prove himself in, in Washington. I don't think he needed to. I, I, I think, I mean, we've talked about that at length, but... You know, it was a, a fresh start for him and a, a new look, a new change of scenery, all of that. And I'm totally on board with that. Um, you know, I think that with the criticisms that he received when he was in Kansas City, I think that that had less to do with him and more about the players on the field and kind of like the same way with Matt Nagy right now. Like, I'm not, I was never willing to pin it on Eric Bieniemy in the same way that I'm not willing to pin it on. Uh, Matt Nagy either so far like you know th- there are there are I'm not trying to pin it on Matt that Nagy are... that wasn't the point of this although I do think we need to start having some conversations about that not you know it just needs to be sort of brought up a little bit I mean he he took over the offense and it has struggled sure it, ha- it has struggled for sure and I think that you know you can look back on the way that the team has been built offensively the way that the you know the, the players that they have the way that you know Brett Veach has gone about building this offensive roster. There are a lot of different factors that play into that. But with when it comes to Eric Bieniemy, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that Sam Howell was going to be, you know, a viable quarterback in the NFL. And, and Eric Bieniemy is working on developing him into that. And I think he's looked fine, you know, so mm-hmm. far to start the season. Now, that being said, they, you know, and you mentioned the offensive line. The commanders did not have a, a great offensive output last night. 
that's not the story. The story is the defense and, and just how bad the defense was for Washington last night. Uh, but good for, for Eric Bieniemy. I mean, like they did mount a little bit of a comeback. Um, you know, had it not been for that missed field goal, I mean, that kind of ended the game at that point. But, you know, had it not been for that, I mean, I think there's a scenario where the commanders do come back and make it a game. And all of a sudden it's like deja vu, deja vu for the Bears after what they went through against Denver a week ago. Um, you know, so, I, you know, credit to Eric Bieniemy for, for all of that. I do think that, you know, and we talked about this before the season, if he can come into Washington and if he can turn that offense into something, I would say even, you know, slightly above average, I mean, that's a win for Bieniemy. And I think that there are other teams, like you mentioned the Bears, other teams like that that should take note of that if and when they do have head coaching vacancies. It, it will be, yeah, look, it's it's um, it's a fascinating, I, I think the Bears are fascinating, but I think that the commanders are becoming that way, and it's really just because of their quarterbacks. That's why that's why that game's fun. I don't know what will happen with the enemy. I think he has done a, had a really good job, really good job, and it made me think last night as I'm watching it, man, the Chiefs have struggled, and he's there having success. And for all the grief and everything he's taken over the years, for whatever reason, not not from Chiefs people. I don't think Chiefs people did anything other than that one little, you know, weird incident there at the end of that year. But, like, look, he's doing a good job, and I think the Chiefs miss him. I, I really do. Whether everything's Nagy's fault or not, I'm not trying to say that. But I think they miss Eric Bieniemy for sure. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, and it'll be <laughs> – I think we all think the Chiefs' offense is going to be just fine over time, but we're you know we're four games in and they have not been as good as we thought they would. They're running the ball; they look a little bit different. Maybe that's what they do, and that's fine too. We'll, we'll get to the Chiefs next against the Vikings because it is a big spot for their offense. This is a game where their offense has to look good. We'll talk about that next. Eight six nine twelve forty is the number to call. Uh, let's do a giveaway. Tommy Wichita Thunder home opener. It is coming quick. Yeah, two weeks from today, October 20th, Interest Bank Arena, the Thunder take on the Kansas City Mavericks. We're looking forward to it. Hockey back in Wichita in just a couple of weeks, and we've got a pair of tickets to the home opener for you right now. Two weeks from today, two tickets to that opener. To our first caller on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. We'll come back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Jeff uh, chiming in, third grade concert. He takes a shot at Justin Bieber there. Is Justin Bieber even still making music? Doesn't he have a, I think he's got like a voice problem. I have uh, no but, idea. But jokes appreciated there, Jeff. Uh, saying, more importantly, that Biannimi needed to leave Kansas City to better his chances at a head coaching job. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly he did. And it brings up, you know, the point of people wondering who really coached the offense in Kansas City. And that's my point. If that was the question and Kansas City has taken a step back and Washington has taken a clear step forward, doesn't that mean that Biennemi is answering that biggest question, which I also agree has been what has kept him from becoming a head coach? I think he's answering it resoundingly. I think he is, too, to an extent. I mean, I think that you're probably a little bit further along on that than I am because, I mean, let's face it, it's not like he has turned the commanders into this juggernaut. They're not a juggernaut offensively. They're better. They're clearly better than what they were before, and that's great. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it was 
his responsibility or duty to turn them into a juggernaut. I mean, you have to look at the personnel that they have. You know, they don't have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They have Sam Howell. You know, so the ceiling is going to be a little bit lower. I mean, you would think, and that's that's pretty, I think, obvious with the way that that, you know, commander's offense, you know, needs to operate. <clears throat> but they've got talent. They've got Terry McLaurin. They've got Jahan Dotson. Brian Robinson is a good running back. You know, so they've got some weapons there offensively. And sure, he's made them better. You say resoundingly. I don't know if I would quite go that far, but he certainly has made them better than what they were because they were pretty bad before. All right, so I'm looking. Last year, Washington scored just over 18 points a game uh, last season, and this year they are – give me two seconds. um, All right, so they've scored 109 points over – how many games have they played? Five. Five now, yeah. They're th- yeah, they're four points a game higher this year than they were last year with a with a with a basically a, a rookie quarterback essentially. I think that's way better. I think it's way better. And you know, it's not like again, it's not like they're playing cupcakes here. The, the Washington this year. I mean, they're not. They're they've played good teams uh, outside of the Bears last night. Right? They played the Eagles. Uh, the Cardinals have been respectable for sure. They did get a game against the Broncos, and they didn't do much against the Bills. So, you know, it's it, they've had a test of everything, and they're scoring about four points a game more right now with essentially a rookie quarterback. I'd say that's been uh, – that is – it's hard to imagine a better start for the offense, right? Like, they've done a really good job there this year offensively. You know, I'm looking at uh, you know stats on NFL.com right now. They're ranked. I mean, they're they're 12th in the NFL as far as scoring is concerned, scoring yeah. touchdowns. Now, keep in mind they played one more game than everybody else has because they yeah, played yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's gonna probably. I mean, that'll definitely change once we get through the games this weekend. But you know, still being somewhere around the middle of the road offensively for Washington, because you know, keep in mind, like you just mentioned, where they were a year ago to now. That's why I'm saying like. He hasn't turned them into a juggernaut, but that's not no, been, that's not his job. Like that's better. not his expectation. Right. I don't think. I mean, I'm not saying that's not his job, but that I don't think anybody had those expectations with him coming in that he was going to take them from down at the bottom to all of a sudden, you know, this high-powered offense right away in one year with the personnel that they have. He's made them respectable, I think, for the most part. I, I'm not willing to say, like at this point right now, that I think that they are. They're not an offense that I No. But when we're talking just about the job Eric Bienemy's done, sure. It has absolutely been successful. The Chiefs, in his absence, have not been as good. So we can look a lot of places, and it's not just like he's not the only reason here, but I think when you only in the consideration of the questions he faced and why he went to Washington in the first place. It's so far, it's like advantage be enemy, right? And, and here's what you can't do with Eric be enemy as far as like assessing what he did with Kansas City and now what he's doing with the commanders. You can't give him all the blame when he was in Kansas City, but then give Correct. him none of the credit when he's gone. Like Correct. you can't you can't do that. You you have to like if you're willing to to blame him for some of the offensive issues that mean when when he was in Kansas City, that means that you believe that he was integral in that offense and, and as far as calling the plays and and planning and and executing and all of that. So if you're going to give him the blame, you have to be willing to give him that. And so then when he's gone and they're struggling, then you probably need to give him some of the credit for what he did in Kansas City. You can't have it both ways. 
That's right. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. And that's my point. Uh, you know, like not trying to make any definitive statements other than that. Like give him credit if you gave him grief. That That's pretty yeah. much it. Because he he has earned that when you're using that as your benchmark. All right, so let's talk about the Chiefs, who have struggled offensively. Again, by their own standard here, Minnesota is should be a get-right game for this offense. A- absolutely should be a get-right game. Um, you know, Minnesota, I think defensively, has been better against the run than the pass, certainly, which is interesting to see the way that the Chiefs have played this year. Patrick Mahomes is off to, you know, as rocky a start as we would ever see out of Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't played well yet. And the Chiefs are 3-1. and one. Don't ever take what we're talking about here as doomsday. It's not that at all. It's just this would be a great opportunity for this offense to take off in this game. So here we go. What do we think, you know, can that happen? And then if that happens and this turns into a track meet, does the defense then do some of what it's done at times this year? And I think this is a fascinating game. It's a desperate game for Minnesota, but man, this is a great test game, I think, for Kansas City. By the way, and we'll get to picks, Tommy, the line moved again toward the Vikings. It's now at three and a half points. This game opened at five and a half points, and we've had no significant injuries to move that line. That means big money is loving the Vikings in this game. That's a that's pretty interesting to me. I think that one thing that we've got Vikings to, to cover, by the way, one thing we've got to expect for this weekend's game is, and I'm I'm already like picturing it in my mind how it's going to happen. Steve Spagnola is going to blitz like crazy. Yep. Right. Like I just I mean, with the fact that you've got that pass rush with Kansas City and the fact that that offensive line for Minnesota is bad and Kirk Cousins has gotten beat up basically every single game that he's played this season. I mean, I just envision just blitzes like crazy from Steve uh, Steve Spagnuolo's defense on Sunday. That's going to be defensively the key to victory for for Kansas City. Um, It's interesting. You mentioned that line moving. And I don't quite know what to make of that. I mean, obviously, you're getting some sharp money on the Vikings at that point, but I'm not really sure the reasoning why. Um, 
you know, they, they haven't played. What the, these two teams haven't played each other in, what, four years, I think, was the last time they played. And Patrick Mahomes didn't play in that game. Matt Moore started for Kansas City in that game because Mahomes was injured. Um, you know, so Mahomes has not has he's never beaten the Vikings, hasn't played them, all of that. Uh, so, I mean, I think that makes it interesting. And again, we go back to what we've discussed all all week long about just the offensive weapons that the Vikings have. You've got to neutralize that. You have to minimize that as much as possible. I think the best way to do that, throw as many blitzes as possible at the Vikings offense. We're going to talk more about that game in the second hour. Up next, we're going to preview K-State's game tonight. The voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joins us on Sports Daily. That's coming right after this. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, we welcome in Wyatt Thompson as we get ready for some Friday night football, uh, Friday night lights, college edition. First time the Cats have played on a Friday night this year, Wyatt. Is your clock adjusted? I know you had the week off, so maybe it wasn't adjusted anyway, but what do you think about this Friday night football? Well, I'm excited about it. We do not do it very often. I think we have counted uh, maybe three times, at least in recent memory. Uh, I remember playing in California one time on a Friday night against Stanford, as an example. Uh, but, yeah, my, I'm good. I, I think the team is good. They, they basically just, you know, had the week off, as you talked about, and they started their Monday this week was Sunday. So I think they're okay, and Travel was good yesterday. They, they've had some meetings this morning, and we'll head over there this afternoon. And should be a very interesting football game. Looking forward to it. Wyatt, how do we look uh, health-wise coming off the bye week? We know about the the banged-up Will Howard, and of course, Trayshawn Ward didn't play in the last game before the bye week. How are things looking from what you can tell uh, injury-wise coming off that bye? I think for the most part, they're in pretty good shape. Um, I would give you a few examples here. Christian Duffy played, as it turned out, I think 49 snaps in the game against UCF. He's good to go. As a matter of fact, probably will be the starting right tackle tonight for the first time this year. So that's a good thing. I think Will Howard's pretty close to being back to very near 100%. Trayshawn will be available tonight. Uh, let's see, a couple of receivers, um, Keegan Johnson and R.J. Garcia expected to go. I think R.J. is probably at 100%. Keegan hopefully is, is pretty close. It, it, it seems that way anyway. Jake Clifton is a little bit better. So I think for the most part, the, 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 the two goals going into the off week were getting some work for the young guys and the real young guys in the program that are you know either playing special teams or trying to make their way to the, to the field offensively or defensively. And then the obvious was to get a little bit more healthy. So I think they've done that. Wyatt, the curious case of Avery Johnson, uh, you know, we thought we'd see a lot of him. We haven't seen much of him outside of the opener. Now it has me wondering, are, are we thinking about a red shirt here again if we're the coaching staff or is it just been the opportunity is not there? I don't know. Is there any insight to even have on how he looks to be utilized moving forward? You would think think that if things go the way that they should tonight, 
it would be an opportunity to see some Avery Johnson. But we thought that before in games and we didn't get it. Well, that's a fair statement. And I, I do think it's an intriguing, intriguing subject, isn't it? Because let's let's tell it like it is. He is the number two quarterback right now. I don't think the coaches have made that a real big secret. And you're just to play away as the old saying, right? And yet we haven't seen much of him lately. Um, I was a little bit surprised, if I'm being honest about it, that we didn't at least get a little bit of a look in the UCF game, uh, especially under the circumstances in which, you know, Will played in the game. And (laughs) uh, I think some of us thought that he might, but would be very limited. Well, he definitely played and really wasn't all that limited at 85 or 90%. So, It's a real interesting scenario here because I think they, I guess I'm just going to say this. I think they are wavering back and forth a little bit, right or wrong, on, you know, whether to just let it go um, and and play him some. I kind of get the sense, though, that, that maybe that's the deal. I can't guarantee that you'll see him tonight, but I, I don't. As far as the red shirt thing, I don't think they're thinking that way. I think it's more about opportunity. I, that's just my personal opinion. Wyatt, I asked you last week about uh, your assessment of the way that DJ Giddens ran the ball in the game before the bye week. And now, you know, assuming that Trayshawn Ward is healthier, able to come back and play in tonight's game, how do you think Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein work him back in? I mean, knowing how successful Giddens was, does that mean that we'll see less of Trayshawn Ward moving forward, or do you think it will go back to kind of that timeshare that we saw before? Well, I'll be honest. I think you'll see a little bit more of DJ Giddens just based on that performance. That was impressive. They leaned on him uh, for lots of different reasons. One, Trayshawn wasn't available. Two, I think uh, Will was somewhat limited in the run game, or at least that's what we were thinking at the time. I don't know that he was all that limited when it was all said and done. But DJ responded. And um, in visiting with Coach Kleiman about it this week, I don't think we're going to see the guy touch the ball 38 times tonight. And yet, if he kind of gets off the deck in a hurry and starts to do some really good things, remember now, two weeks ago, K-State ran for 281 yards against UCF I'm not predicting that they will tonight but if they kind of get it rolling and he's the big part of that I don't know why you would necessarily change in all due respect to Trayshawn if that makes sense at all I I think it was a great thing that that happened because it proved to everybody including DJ Giddens that he's got it in him to be not only that versatile but that tough and and you know <laughs> that, that that many carries is a big deal. Uh, he also had eight catches in the game. It was extraordinary. Uh, well, here's an interesting take on that, too. We're joined by Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. So we get uh, Oklahoma, you know, TV stations reaching out. You know, we share video and stuff for the TV work uh-huh. I do all the time. And they wanted, like, their full, sole focus. They're like, hey, you know, do you guys – have any video we can have, we assume it's mostly DJ Giddens that you'll have. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, so that's the way other places are thinking about K-State. What a dangerous uh-huh. way to think because DJ Giddens has had, yes, this incredible game, and we're optimistic about DJ Giddens in his future. 
But man, if I'm Oklahoma State, and and again, this is only reflective of this isn't reflective of their coaching staff as much as it is just the perception of the Wildcats. It, it to me, it's like I, I'm worried about the fact that Will Howard and that offensive line have so much experience and have as talented a pass group as we've seen there in a long time. Yet everybody thinks this is like a DJ Giddens offense. I don't think this is a DJ Giddens offense. I think this is a Will Howard offense. Well, that's pretty perfectly said from my perspective, because when you visit with Chris Kleiman or somebody like that, Colin Klein, name the coach, most of those guys will say to you that, that this is Will's team. He, he's, the, he's the face of the program, and, and Coach Kleiman loves that part of it. He wants the players you know, to, to, to be the leaders of the, of, the, of the pack, so to speak. doesn't mean that they won't and don't, because they obviously do. But Will, with his experience, with his confidence, with his knowledge, um, he's worked, you know, with, with Colin for quite some time now. I think there is just a whole lot of reason to be in that mode, if you will. Um, with that said, again, I, I hate to go back to just the one game, but I think it's been more than just the one game. It was just maybe more successful against UCF. What K-State really had in that game was, was balance. And I think what you're saying is a very interesting subject because I have said all along, going back to the championship game you know, of last year and losing Deuce and losing Malik Knowles and that, K-State's not going to replace Deuce. And, and they, they, I think they missed the shock play value that he brought. That's pretty obvious. But I think this team is better offensively when everybody is involved. And by that, I mean Ben Sennett and Phillip Brooks and Keegan Johnson and Jaden Jackson, those two running backs, Will Howard, uh, Garrett Oakley. That's a lot of guys, and I think that's a good thing. Wyatt, what are you looking at when it comes to Oklahoma State tonight? Um, it's been it's been rough for them this season, getting blown out by South Alabama. They lose on the road to Iowa State just seems like a lot of drama with their quarterback play and and all of that and you know I don't know exactly what the status of Mike Gundy is and kind of where his head's at this season but it's not been good for the Cowboys what are you seeing well I want to go back to last season to try to answer that first of all because for them that was one of their poorest seasons in a while because the truth is is they've been to 17 straight bowls they're very much one of the most winning programs in this league dating back to 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. The numbers will bear that out. But um, in addition to having the year where they struggled a little bit, although still played in a bowl game, then then what happens is they had multiple guys go into the portal and leave the program. Three guys from the defense that were terrific players, including Trace Ford, who went from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma. Those things are a little bit rare, or at least used to be. So I think there were questions going into the year is the point. And then on top of that, you get into this year and losing Spencer Sanders, they, for the first three games, they played all three quarterbacks in all three games. That is also a little bit different. So I think it's taken them some time to kind of figure out how they want to do things offensively. It seems like, and I'll repeat that again, it seems like, going back to two weeks ago, that they have settled on Bowman at least for now. Doesn't mean we won't see a couple of guys or maybe even all three tonight, but I think they're committed to seeing what Bowman can do because he's the most experienced guy and he can spin it. 
So you have that. And then on the defensive side, I think they've had a lot of growing pains with, with a new coordinator. Um, I think, I think they really like Brian Nardo and what he brings, but I do think that they have struggled. And here's the third and, and final thing. And maybe the most important part in, in my time at K state and doing a lot of these K state, Oklahoma state games, OSU always has, it seems, either a stud running back or a stud receiver or maybe both and, and a playmaker or two on defense. I don't know if they have anybody like that right now that you look at and, 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 and are immediately like, oh, boy, that's going to be a real challenge. I'm not saying they don't have good players, but I don't know that they have anybody like some of the people they've had at least in the last three or four or five years. So Wyatt, then uh, we can, you know, sort of finish with this. Knowing that, and I think that's a general consensus, there's no chance still, right, with the extra time to prepare, with the fact that Kleiman has never won in Stillwater yet. Like, there's no chance that this is a game where Oklahoma State's overlooked is there with with the Wildcats as heavy favorites and everything going in. No chance. And and here's why. I mean, <laughs> if you paid attention to, and I'm not saying you did or didn't, I'm just talking about people in general. If if you heard Chris Kleiman's comments to start this week when he was asked about the fact that he's 0-2 in Stillwater, he simply stated the reason why is, as both times we've been there, OSU won the game at the line of scrimmage. So there's no chance that they're going to take them lightly because of that. Uh, and, and I think K-State feels like they're the better team, but need to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And then secondarily, and I think this is a pretty big concern for Coach Kleiman, because of the extra time and the, the things that OSU has gone through this year, I think they feel like one of the real keys is OSU is going to show us a handful of things that we haven't seen. How do we react to that? And I think those are things to really, really watch when we get into tonight's game. Maybe then K-State can show them some things with Avery Johnson that they haven't seen. I, I know that, that I we, we love Avery Johnson. That, that, that's He's absolutely local, right, buddy. But, yeah, this is the <laughs> time. This right. is the time for for all the Mays <laughs> Eagle fans and Avery Johnson supporters here in his hometown and home area. May get to see him play. Yeah. Seems like a good spot. All right, Wyatt, what do you guys have coming up on the broadcast tonight? Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got uh, w- one of my favorite young players on this team is Uso Sayamalo, our new uh, nose tackle, defensive tackle, whatever you want to call him. Young man from Hawaii who actually didn't start playing football until he was um, a senior in high school. Uh, he's a farm kid in Hawaii. Uh, he, he's going to be one of our featured players. Also had a chance to talk with Ben Sennett this week, and uh, we'll feature that. So, it should be a good lead into what I think will be an intriguing game because it is, I've said this a million times, that place is a hard place to play. They're right on top of you. And K-State's going to play a good football game to win here tonight. I think they can and I think they will, but they got to go do it. Yep, I agree. I agree. Don't overlook the Cowboys as much as they've struggled. Two weeks at home. All of those things make it dangerous. Pre-game coverage begins at 4.30. Wildcat fans, You're going to get it all tonight on the broadcast right here on KFH, home of K-State Athletics. Wyatt, have a great call. Safe travels, uh, you know, to and from, and we'll talk again next week. You got it. I appreciate the visit. Thanks, partner. There goes Wyatt Thompson. Always appreciate that visit. Man, love having that insight this year with K-State football. 
It's a... I don't even want to call it a flex spot, Tommy. It's a, it's it's Gundy with two weeks in Stillwater, which is a brutal place to play. I, I, I'd love to see K-State go in there and dominate, but I wouldn't count on it. Just, just get out of there. They have the talent to be able to. Absolutely. They absolutely. I mean, I'd love to see I just, it. Yeah, I you know I just don't want to overset that, expectations. Right. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun regardless because Stillwater on a Friday night in October, man, it's gonna be a fun place to play tonight. It's a little chilly in the air. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I could go for some chili right now. But we're gonna pick it one way or the other. So what do we think? We'll find out. It's one of our ten games. We'll pick Paul Savage in to join us. Picture to miss. We'll get you caught up on the standings and rip through five college, five NFL games of interest this weekend. That's coming next on Sports Daily. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.